Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Chasing Legends Outdoors Podcast. This is your host, Stephen Crawford. We are back. It is week two of October. We're going to be doing our week one recap and our week two preview as we look forward as this next second week will bring us into mid-October and we'll talk about the quote-unquote October lull. We'll recap what we saw October 1, I, I'm the first week of October. First week of October is, I hate to toot my own horn, it's kind of exactly what I predicted last week when it comes to weather and deer movement and bucks hitting the ground. Um, unfortunately, not for yours truly, but um, still saw a lot of action and saw a lot of bucks hitting the ground on social media. Buddy sending me pictures. Um, those first four or five days of bow season were dynamite. And it's obviously slowed down the last few days, and it's going to be slow for the next few days as well. But we have something to look forward to um, coming next week. We'll uh, touch on that. Before we get into the week one recap, week two preview, I definitely want to mention HuntWise. It's not too late. We have a promo code for you. It's CLO20. C is in chasing, L is in legends, O is in outdoors, 20. 20% off your pro membership. Uh, it's your one-stop shop. If you're not using it and you're a whitetail guy, you're behind the eight ball. Um, it's got all the gear you're going you're gonna to need. It's got all the scouting tools, all the mapping tools. It's got uh, weather algorithms, and it's got its hunt cast, which will pretty much tell you where to sit on a nightly, ba- on, a, on a daily basis, um, taking all the factors into play like wind, temperature, weather, pressure, takes all that into play and tells you where you need to be sitting so you can be most successful in the whitetail woods. Um, definitely helps, you know, as you continue to, you know, if you're raising a family or working a job and you're only be able to get out one, two, three times a week, um, this tool will definitely help you, you know, get the most out of your two, three sits a week and telling you where you need to be and what the deer movement's going to be like. So hunt wise, like I said, if you don't have it, you're on the eight ball. Check it out. Use our promo code and become a more efficient whitetail hunter today. And uh, with that being said, it is October 9th. And uh, the first eight days of October kind of went as what we talked about last week. Um, the first five days was so good. And you know, October 1st, that evening, I'll recap kind of what I went through over this past week. Um, I almost got a chance at a really good buck on opening day on that October 1st evening. Um, like I kind of predicted, bucks would be on their feet. The pressure was up. The temperatures were down. The moon was full, which led to a little bit more early movement. Um both in later movement the following morning, but I saw a nice buck, a buck that I'd be happy to shoot on October 1st. I was with another buck and saw a couple does as well. I knew I wouldn't be a high-density deer sit um, just because I was sitting on the edge of a, a standing cornfield, um, but I knew bucks were in that area, and I knew if I, would, if I saw two to three deer, that one or two of them would be um, a good buck just from my trail camera Um just from looking at trail cameras and the knowledge I had of, of that area and, um, saw four deer, two of them were bucks. One was a shooter and 
Uh, he was, I told myself when I got into the stand and got up, I was like, I told myself, you know, I'm not going to shoot over 35 yards in the standing corn. There's just too many variables. Um, and I want to make an, as ethical a shot as possible. So, um, of course I had a buck standing at like 40 yards broadside in the corn, but I told myself I wasn't going to take that shot and, uh, he never really made it closer. He kind of cut back into the timber behind me. Um, but he never came closer than 40 yards and I just figured, you know what, I'm going to see this guy again if I can let him by with, without spooking him. So just played it smart and hopefully, uh, hopefully I'll get another crack at him. If I don't, there's plenty of other bucks in that area. Um, I went my, that same night, another spot that I had in mind, uh, told my dad to go to and he ended up seeing six bucks, um, two really good bucks that got um, they got pushed off by a coyote, so that was unfortunate. Uh, I went the morning of October 2nd and saw another buck, and uh, that was my only morning sit the past week, besides one morning in Indiana. We'll get into that, but uh, really, really not high on mornings, especially as we move into the middle part of October. Um, but we did go out the morning of October 2nd, saw a buck, but too far, and then um, had another good sit, I think on October 5th, the evening of the 5th, saw three bucks, just, just no shooters, but bucks were definitely on their feet. Um, but yeah, people were putting arrows through deer all over the state, all over the Midwest, those first five days of October, as those temps were diving, that pressure was rising. Um, it was just a perfect combination. And one of my roommates, her name's Molly Reineke, she Shot a really nice buck. I'm going to have her on the podcast here soon. Um, and uh, got a lot of good updates from northern Michigan. A lot of bucks a lot of bucks were seen and shot up there. A lot of bucks in southwest Michigan. I mean, really a lot of bucks all over the state um, were killed those first five days. These last three days, it's definitely warmed up. And the pressure has dipped. And along with that, deer light. Daylight activity for the deer has really, really gone down. Um, I just spent the last couple of days in Indiana with a buddy, and you know we had the trip pre-planned. Um, me and my buddy Nick Sane from Lansing, he's been on the podcast before, but um, we had the trip those days planned. He took time off work, and I was working. I I can work in Indiana. It's part of my sales territory, and I was just dipping out in the evenings to hunt. And uh, we just we didn't see deer. I mean, it was warm. Uh, any other circumstance, I probably wouldn't have hunted. But because we had that trip pre-planned, we hunted um, a couple nights down there, and it was warm. A lot of hunting pressure, and uh, we didn't really see deer. I saw a small buck and a couple does in the three days we were there. Nick ended up not seeing a deer. Um, we were, we were in the areas that deer should have been. We found white oaks. We found a lot of sign, um, found a bunch of bedding, got in tight to that bedding and, uh, the deer were just not moving, um, before sundown, which leads me into this week. Really excited about the end of the week. I'll tell you that. I, I think if there's a, a weekend that you take off of hunting, it's this upcoming weekend of October 10th and 11th. Pressure is really low. It's definitely it's well below 30. Temperatures are rising. It's supposed to be you know in the high 60s to mid 70s all weekend long, um, with rain coming on Monday. 
um, on the back side of that rain is what I'm excited for. But there's a weekend that you want to spend with the family and do something with your loved ones and not worry about the tree stand. I think this is the weekend. I'm not really big into talking about the October lull. I think it's more weather driven. And this just happens to be a, a weekend in the middle of October that the weather's too warm. And I think that deer, deer, daylight activity will be at a minimum. Um, if you, you know, if you were dead set on hunting this weekend, I think what you have to do is you really got to dive into those bedding areas. You got to get very aggressive. The pressure is going to be really low, not the hunting pressure, barometric pressure. It's going to be really low and the temps are going to be rising, which just doesn't equate to daylight movement. So if you want to kill a buck in these next couple days, I think you really got to squeeze that bedding area as, as closely as you possibly can because I don't see mature bucks getting out of their bed before that sun goes down. So you might get that shot in the last few minutes of light right in their bedroom. But that's that's the uh, that's the advice that I have for, for the next four or five days is it's going to be warm. Pressure is going to be low. You, you got to squeeze those bedrooms. I think food-wise, it's transitioning. If you had a green bean field in the first week of October with these worth, uh, with these uh, warm nights, these warm days, that bean field is not green anymore. I think all bean fields have dried up. So you can kind of transition away from beans, unless it's the only food source in the area. That's different. But if you have white oaks and if you have the, the cornfields are now dried out, I think that Standing corn is going to be a huge food source for these deer over the next 10 to 15 days. So white acorns, if you got them dropping, obviously a great food source. I think with these next, like I said, these next couple days, if you can find white oaks that are very, very, very tight to a bedding area, that's your best chance to shoot a buck in daylight or sitting over standing corn. I think a lot of the the food source is definitely transitioning now from those beans to whatever's left of the acorns, whatever's left of those apples, to standing cornfields. Um, so those are things you have to key in on these next 10 days. Is um, I, th I think in 10 days, a lot of those white oaks are going to be pretty wiped out. But um, whatever's left of those acorns, get after them. Still a great food source. Probably still the number one food source for a deer. And uh, but that's those standing cornfields. Um, they provide security for the deer. And uh, it's a great food source now that, that corn's kind of dried up, which it pretty much is all across the Midwest. Just from what I've seen, what I've heard. I think it's safe to say that all the corn's dried up and it's pretty close to being harvested. So hunt it while you can. If you can, if you have a spot close to standing corn, that's another spot where maybe you can get on a buck these next few days um, because they have that security of that standing corn. They might get on their feet before that sun goes down. Um, but what I'm that leads me into the latter half of next week. So next week. So we're looking at right now it's October 9th. We're looking at October 14th through the uh, October 20th. We got a great cold front coming through. So on Monday, it's going to be throughout the state of Michigan, throughout the Midwest, give or take a day. Um, it's going to be really warm. We're going to have some storms come through. 
Um, but once those storms come through, it's going to, that temperature is going to taper off. I think Tuesday and Wednesday are still a little warm, but you get into Thursday the 15th, Friday the 16th, Saturday the 17th, you're looking at highs only in the low to mid 50s and lows between 35 and 45 degrees. You're also looking at a barometric pressure that's going to touch 30 for the first time in six or seven days. Those are days to be in the stand. Uh, the guys that swear by the October wall think that, you know, that October 10th through October 20th is just not a good time to sit in the stands. That's bullshit. If you have a barometric pressure that's rising, you have temps that are diving. If you get that those temperatures that are 10 to 15 degrees below the, the average temperature for that time of year, and it's going to be right as I sit here Friday the 9th, it's going to be 20 degrees colder next Friday the 16th um, than it is right now. So that cold front is going to have those deer on their feet early in the evenings and on the feed. And it's also going to send these bucks testosterone a little bit higher as we creep to that magical, you know, October 20th to 25th time when you start to see that seeking and chasing period. We'll talk more about that in the next podcast, but that October lull is all weather driven. And next week we're going to have a cold front and I don't care that it's October 15th. The fact that there's a cold front, the fact that, um, the barometric pressure is rising. The fact that hopefully you've been out of the woods for the last five or six days, so the hunting pressure hasn't been that high because of the warm weather, I think it all leads to having a very good and productive four or five days of bow hunting um, that October 15th through October 20th time frame. Uh, as the winds are switching directions and that temperature drops, I tell you what. Um, and I think also... Toward the end of next week, you're going to see a lot more corn being harvested. So those freshly cut cornfields, those freshly picked cornfields in that mid-October with a cold front, that's where you got to be. So if you can find a transition area from bedding, between bedding and a cut cornfield or a standing cornfield in that time frame, you don't feel you don't have to feel the need to press that bedding area so much. You can probably sit a little bit off it because more than likely those bucks are going to be on their feet a little bit earlier because of that cold snap and that high pressure system moving through. Um, so I really think that if you're going to set aside a few days to hunt in the next week, you have to look at next Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday to be those days to be in the stand. Um, now, heck, weather could change. We all know that. I'm no meteorologist. I'm just going off of weather, what I see on Weather Underground wonderground.com um but if you can keep tabs and when that cold front moves through after those that storm monday it's still a little warm tuesday but as the cold front hits and you see those high temperatures dip from between 66 and 70 to between 52 and 56 that's when you got to be in the stand that's a major dip in temperature that pressure is going to touch 30 30.1 even um which is quite a, which is quite a bit higher than it'll be at the early, at the beginning of the week. So really, it's going to force those deer to be on their feet again. Food sources. You're looking for any acorns that are left, any apples that are left, but that corn is going to be where it's at. Whether it's standing corn or a freshly picked cornfield, um, that's you. That's where you got to be uh, the next uh, toward the end of next week. 
Um, a freshly picked cornfield depends on the hunting pressure. Um, if you don't, if you hunt in an area without a lot of pressure, if you're hunting on private land, a well managed that doesn't see a lot of pressure, you could probably hunt the edge of that picked cornfield or standing cornfield. If you hunt in a high pressure area, I still don't see mature bucks walking into a freshly cut cornfield in the middle of daylight. Um, I still think you got to find that transition area that those find those trails, find that sign that is between bedding, primary bedding, and that food source, and that's where you're going to kill your buck. Um, speaking of sign, I'm starting to see it pick up a little bit where I'm at. I'm um, seeing a lot of scrapes, um, quite a few rubs. It's definitely getting to that time. I think that early October cold front really kicked some of these bucks into gear to start that sign making. Um, it's probably slowed down these past few days with the warmer temps, but um, hunting over scrapes is a great idea come October 15th, between October 15th and October 20th. Um, now, some of those scrapes that you may find might be nocturnal scrapes, but that doesn't mean, um, I think we focus too much on trail cameras over scrapes and like saying, like, oh, I got a scrape here. Let's put a trail camera over it. And then you see that this buck is only hitting this scrape at one, two, three in the morning. Well, that doesn't mean that's the only time he's not checking that scrape during the day. Just because he isn't walking in front of your camera doesn't mean he's cir he's not circling downwind of that scrape sometime in the daylight. So if you can get downwind of a fresh scrape and that lead especially in between a bedding area and a good food source, um, there's a good chance you might see that buck kind of circle downwind of that scrape just to check it with his nose sometime in daylight. He might not be actually hitting that scrape until um, until the, the moon's high, until 2, 3 a.m., but that doesn't mean he's not checking it during daylight hours. Um, if you want to make them hit it during daylight hours, throw in the tract. And I, I use Buck Fever Synthetics for my mock scrapes. It's a great, it's a great tool. I think mock scrapes work great. Um, it's definitely changed the game for me in Michigan. Uh, and I think if you throw a little bit of a mock scrape in an already um, used scrape or an, uh, on a scrape line that's already been made by a buck, that might force him to check that scrape and hit it during daylight hours so something to think about i think it's definitely that time where next week we're getting to closer to that october 20th we're getting closer to that seeking um phase where those bucks are on their feet looking for that first hot doe i think you can get away with hunting over these scrapes because this cold front's really going to kick their testosterone up. And if you're not seeing a lot of sign making now, you're definitely going to see it toward the end of next week as we get closer and closer to that great time of year that we call rut. So that's my two cents. If you took anything away from this, I think you have to have to be in the stand late next week. If there's days that you're going to hunt, um, skip this weekend hunt next weekend because it's going to be much colder. The pressure is going to be a lot bit better. We're going to be a little bit closer to that rut time, that seeking, that seeking and chasing phase. Um, I think the, you'll see a lot more bucks on their feet in daylight next week compared to late, you know, that stay out. Like what I'm saying is stay out of the woods, the 10th through the 14th, be in the woods, the 15th through the 19th. I think you're going to see a lot more deer movement and it's going to be a lot more efficient hunting for you. Um, 
rather than just going and sitting in a tree stand and maybe seeing a deer or two right before right before darkness falls. But I think that's the way it's going to be these next few days unless you really get in a bedroom. So that's my two cents. Hopefully this preview helps you out and helps you bag a big one. Um, late next week, we're going to be, uh, having another, po- we're going to have two podcasts going next week. We're going to have a, again, a recap and a preview. Um, hopefully a story of our own. Hopefully we can, we can shoot one toward the end of, um, toward the end of next week. Uh, we're also going to have a, a guest on the podcast sharing her story about her cow. Her name's Molly. Reineke, she's going to be on here talking about her Colorado elk hunt, her white, her opening weekend whitetail um, hunt, and uh, a lot more. So excited to have her on the podcast. But until then, stay stay safe, hunt hard, stay wild. Have a good one.